Welcome to the Center for Internet Security's podcast, Cybersecurity Where You Are. Cybersecurity affects us all, whether we are at home, managing a company, supporting clients, or even running a state or local government. Join CIS's Sean Atkinson and Tony Sager as they discuss trends and threats, ways to implement controls and infrastructure, explore best practices, and interview experts in the industry. We are here to bring clarity to these complex issues to bring confidence in the connected world. Hello and welcome to the CIS podcast, Cybersecurity, Where You Are. My name is Sean Atkinson, uh, CISO for the Center for Internet Security. And today we're going to be talking about a topic of scaling and scaling as it's represented with respect to cybersecurity, why it's important, what we need to understand to integrate scaling into our business practices. So when we think about this particular topic, you know, really starts with an effective cybersecurity plan. We need to take certain factors into account. So one, we can set the stage. We can understand what we're trying to protect and then understand scaling, as it were, through growth or through changes in regulatory environments or changes in business processes that require us to understand those at a cybersecurity level, understand the risk and elements of threat to that particular process, uh, the underlying regulation and their requirements. And then as the business does grow uh, and scale itself, how do we match and follow suit uh, with good cybersecurity practices to make sure that what we've set in place is not in stone, but is flexible? It has to have an element of agility for us to utilize it in a way that follows and is really representative as a catalyst in some cases, to that growth. So when we think about creating an effective cybersecurity plan, we've really got to set the stage. Now, here at CIS, we we follow a foundational approach with CIS controls. Uh, That sets the stage for me as the CISO to approach cybersecurity from an operational and practical perspective to understand our environment and what needs to be protected. Now, you may say, well, just the cybersecurity, CIS cybersecurity controls, or those critical security controls, not just, right? We've got to adapt to the business. We've got to understand the business and the contextualization of how we approach implementation of that plan, and then also our external factors. And in the uh, cases that we have following SOC 2 as an approach where we're providing what we can do against these particular frameworks. And CIS, we provide mappings against all the major frameworks that exist. Uh, And we map to those uh, independently where there are gaps in some particular areas, maybe physical security. We adapt and integrate those controls into our governance, risk, and compliance program. But we have to set the stage. So we know that there are underlying difficulties with the scaling element. So we really have to understand the business goal, the business objective. This is a business um, catalyst that is moving us forward, moving the organization to greater scale. So we do that and we're adding, really when you talk about scale, there's a couple uh, objectives you could use here. You're thinking about uh, complexity. The more we grow, the more complex we become, the more um, business processes that are required to manage different capability, whether that's product or service, more people. And those approaches require us to integrate that growth um, and where we can find potential points of failure. What we do here is risk analysis. We're basically looking at what risks are potentially um, uh, attributable to that growth. And so we're looking at uh, also the geography 
of where that growth is leading us? Is it, you know, we're moving local to international to a global stage that comes with complexity consequences because not everybody does business the same way in all different countries and there are underlying regulations and there's underlying requirements for businesses in order to um, exceed and in that particular point of growth. So as we do that, we look at um, supporting uh, what would be the larger load of requirement in terms of demand on our systems. The safeguards that are required need to improve. So we look at the uh, underlying risks and we contextualize those risks against financial, uh, human capital, reputational, technological. Think of how we integrate and manage those. So there's the context that's set for that underlying growth and that scaling. So why it's so important is because larger organizations still need to implement uh, good, what we'll call cyber hygiene. But again, one of the things that that does, that's great, we have more resources, but it's also um, to think about that as scale may not be just in terms of growth, so becoming a larger organization, it it may just be larger responsibility in terms of underlying regulatory requirements. So smaller organizations then maybe struggle without necessarily those increased resources in order to adapt and really uh, build uh, effectiveness in a cybersecurity plan. So we've got to have a cybersecurity strategy. Underlying all of that as well are tools and uh, people representatively to be able to utilize those tools to be effective in understanding the risk mitigation that is taking place uh, and how those controls affect an organization and are those controls ultimately effective. So there's where we we think about a cybersecurity plan. We're talking about strategy. We're talking about complexity. We're talking about context. And we're talking about being able to organize and plan an approach that can integrate that. So when we say that, what we're talking about is scaling in terms of now the cybersecurity plan. So we understand the business is growing. What are we going to do here in terms of our cybersecurity posture. So when we talk about a racy chart accountability coming back to someone in a security leadership role, such as a CISO, CIO, chief security officer, whomever it happens to be with accountability, is then moving forward in terms of what are we trying to do and how scaling is really uh, dependent on underlying principles of core security. We don't want to lose security uh, in the face of growth, but we don't want security to necessarily detract from that growth either. We want to increase business value. It's not a zero-sum game. It's where we want to have an ability to allow the business to grow, but do it in a way that we make sure we're vigilant in terms of understanding both our threat the risks we're undertaking, both uh, negative and even opportunity risks in this space as well, and then how we promote uh, sustainability of the program. So the first thing you're going to do is you're going to be proactive. We we know we're moving into these stages. We're seeing financial trends. This is our mission for this particular year, or from a strategic perspective, three to five years, this is what we're trying to do. So we want to be part of those discussions and how critical it is that cybersecurity becomes part of uh, business risk, uh, and those risks need to be understood, articulated. So when we think of that, we're strategically growing our underlying cybersecurity program and aligning it to those business priorities. Okay, So now we're responding to that risk. So as the organization grows, we're responding, we're proactive, we understand that growth, and we're measuring that, and we're implementing processes that allow that growth to occur, 
but again, integrate the security controls as a requirement. So we think um, we can think also in these terms. I'll give you three things where we, we could uh, really focus on, and that could be with scaling, could be more people, it could be more responsibility, could be more data. And so all of those particular parenthetics have a different type of approach. That the reason why you have the plan is to understand, well, which or all of these are going to be part of our scaling, as it were, uh, as we see growth within the organization. So we're looking also at technology as part of that responsibility, as well as the integration of data. Now, when I hear the term scaling, it actually takes me to a technology, to the cloud infrastructure that we can scale from an automated perspective. And we can scale at business speed rather than waiting to procure an on-prem type of capability with our technology, right? We can do that um, in a minute versus having to wait for procurement and having to wait to install, administer, uh, and basically load systems into our infrastructure. Cloud allows us to scale uh, more gracefully. So when I hear that, that adds uh, another element though of risk. That's another technology requirement that has both internal and external consequences when we integrate those services. So we need to be proactive in planning for the technology that's going to enable the scaling, that's going to enable this growth. So that security controls, underlying processes for managing that infrastructure, uh, and then obviously the tools. Now, over time, one of the things we've got to think about in terms of scale is a little bit of a twist. I'm going to change scale instead of being a business priority, but being a threat and vulnerability problem as well. Adversaries are scaling capability with respect to their underlying target. So what we need to do in response to that being proactive is that we need to then understand the threat against our organization and scale our ability to identify those particular threats. Now, it's not all threats. Um, again, very few businesses uh, would look at advanced persistent threats as being all of those particular advanced persistent threats are coming, you know, uh, for my data, for my systems, whatever it happens to be. So we have to be threat informed in terms of what's the likelihood of these particular threats hitting me? What's the scaling of those threats with respect to my infrastructure as I grow, as I become maybe more of a potential target uh, for the adversary? Where's my proactive growth in terms of scaling and ability to monitor, identify, and ultimately protect the infrastructure. We could go and use the NIST CSF5 main parenthetics here and uh, you know identify, detect, protect, respond, recover with respect to uh, that underlying growth. And it's a great paradigm to use is, can we see that in our plan and how we're ultimately measuring our capability in order to respond to such threats in our environment. That could mean increased penetration testing, could mean more security awareness. So we're not only scaling um, our understanding, but our ability to be proactive and control those threats. We want to use the same tactics from either a red team perspective or an offensive capability within our organization in order to understand the type of attacks that we see and those that we miss. I'd rather have a penetration test to find a gap than an adversary. And so we need to be doing these types of things uh, very uh, often, as it were, through this process so that we can understand and we can then manage the underlying attack surface uh, and have it as part of our control strategy. 
So when we also want to think about then the risk, we want to understand the um, what I'm kind of I'm going to use kind of an analogy here. So one of the things we want to do is a balance. So we when I say scaling, I could also use a scale and say I don't want to tip that scale in any one direction. One, I want to have appropriate uh, controls to manage the business process, but I don't want to have too many controls to inhibit the scalability and the growth, uh, and really then. Uh, undermine the the, uh, the opportunity that uh, is preceded uh, before us. So we've got to make sure that the, uh, the potential control doesn't outweigh the underlying asset value that we're trying to generate. And, and again, this is one of the uh, other you know stories that you hear or one of the lessons learned is you don't want to pay a million dollars for protection when you're protecting $10,000 worth of assets. It has to be balanced. So again, I can use scale to say that we don't want to tip that scale in either direction. We want balance, and we've got to have the right measures in place to make sure we're doing that appropriately. So we want to accommodate basically a growing digital footprint. The the world is digitized. Um, Our new normal has uh, really increased our threat surface um, to include the home network um, and how we're protecting uh, information that is not uh, centralized, but now decentralized, uh, and bring that type of element into play as well. So we're really then looking to build and measure through penetration tests. We're looking at uh, managing our um, underlying attack surface, understanding that attack surface, and providing the protection through network security controls, um, web vulnerability scanning, antivirus EDR type capability integrate and manage our uh, network connectivity, both in and out of an organization, again, protecting data, and then understanding and applying the right methods of encryption where required. Now, in some cases, we also move into scaling, where we look at the industry scaling in terms of the paradigm of zero trust. And it's to understand that zero trust is not a product. It's not a switch. It's concept. And those concepts need to be integrated as part of your proactive strategic plan. A lot of movement into the zero trust uh, type capability. So understanding that as an external requirement then means we have to follow suit and you know use industry best practice, use the baselines that are defined for us, use what experts are saying is the right thing to do in this space to protect ourselves and re- ultimately uh, mitigate our risk is we then need to scale our knowledge in order to apply such concepts within our infrastructure. Now, again, that favors larger organizations with more resources. And again, we need to be then proactive in terms of helping those um, that do not have those types of resources, but providing products and services that are consumable um, and necessarily easier to implement uh, than it would someone trying to do it by themselves. We want to provide best practices. We want to provide that cyber hygiene guidance so that it can be followed. It's a repeatable process. We can add elements of automation into this to then again allow scaling of uh, cybersecurity capability. So then when we think of um, how these programs from an external perspective where we see scale uh, being changed externally from both regulatory and as we grow, it may be a requirement uh, for that growth to be compliant with certain attestation or external certification. 
adds an element of trust to an underlying component. But with that trust becomes another element of scale, which is complying with these frameworks, where we're looking to specifically understand risk, applying the correct treatment program, but part of this comprehensive program. Now, the adage here is compliance does not equal security, okay? Compliance should be a byproduct of good security practice. Uh, we should be following these practices. Yes, we can be informed by the compliance framework, but it's not a checkbook, checkbox really for a, a report or the generation of some information to say, oh, well, here's my infrastructure and it's protected by this technology. Here's a report showing that technology is in place. Okay, that has utility, but it doesn't really get us to the point where is that particular box secure that's protecting this infrastructure? Who's monitoring it? Is the control effective? Has our risk been reduced? Are we seeing a return on security investment from the integration of that technology to our overall program? Again, proactive, but structuring uh, really security within our business, but also within our people. It's very important. And some of the um, adages that you can use is um, internally, we can uh, move forward and say, this is what we need to do to be secure. But when we have external assessors with their eye and audit on our uh, respective uh, controls, they have an opinion. And that opinion, in some cases, can be used as impetus for the organization to either take note or change the perspective. In a lot of cases, and again, I'm not sure of the, uh, the the necessary academic findings here, but you find complacency with many organizations that may not either have thought that they were part of an attack or have many near misses, but we've never been breached. Leading to that complacency is really building a risk, and that scaling of that tolerance is not good. That's something we need to bring back down to really approaching a security-minded team where we're looking at training, we're looking at awareness, and we're looking specifically at culture. Those need to be scaled for us to be really understanding what I'm looking at in terms of the context of my business, the context of the threat, and the context of the protections that are in play. Now, if I can do that, and we can then understand where the missing protections are not within our organization. That allows us to move forward strategically, that proactive approach to cybersecurity planning, to understand the potential threat, the impact and probability of a um, threat actor uh, breaching our defensive layer of controls, and uh, necessarily uh, moving us past a point where we were very comfortable before and within a day, within a minute, within a second, that can all change. And it all basically takes, um, you know, we, we hear this adage, and it, it may be one of those that we've heard before, but it just takes a single click, right, uh, of uh, uh, a nefarious link um, that takes us to a nefarious website that downloads, that does something to our infrastructure that then compromises all of the elements of security control, all the risk mitigation strategies that is just uh, not part of uh, really what we think of when we want to integrate security-mindedness through our population within our organization. That's both uh, full-time employees, contractor, and then it even extends through scale to our third parties. 
And that's where we see supply chain risk come as, uh, as part of this problem is that it's not only us, but it's those that we work with. We have integrated, we have matrices of integration with a number of service provider products, um, those that are providing uh, code development activity, um, uh, you know, massive um, security protections, cybersecurity as services. All of these are complementary and part of the program that we then need to uh, understand and respectfully uh, control. Uh, again, as we look to scale and we look at technology and we integrate new technologies into new business processes, so we need to scale financial functions simply from um, a spreadsheet to an actual financial uh, management system or, or an ERP, um, that has consequences. Are we doing the necessary validation of the uh, underlying security of that service provider in order to understand what they're doing to protect their infrastructure. And obviously it's in their best interest. But when you think about that, that's also now compliance to com uh, multiple frameworks. Um, well, we want to, as part of our vendor risk management program, work with those that um, maybe have uh, ISO or SOC 2, uh, SOC 3 certifications in this space and attestations in order to understand uh, they've reached a particular level and that's been verified by a third party. So it's, you can see how there's kind of a life cycle to this um, underlying scalability is that it's not only us that have the external requirement, but we may enforce that or require that from our supply chain so that we then have more confidence and trust in, in what we're providing and uh, what's being provided to us. So it gets uh, then to a point where we're thinking of um, scaling programs effectively. And it's, it's a difficult question to ask because one of the things you have is a ever dynamic environment. You have regulations that are either being changed, enforced, or net new to an organization, specifically in the privacy realm. And again, depending on your industry parenthetic, um, it depends on what um, respective requirement that you have to be um, understood and integrate to privacy and security programs. In some cases, those are tied together just because of the digitization of data follows a cybersecurity program. And in some cases, um, you know, NIST cybersecurity framework integrates from a governance perspective that privacy is part of your cybersecurity program. And so as we think about that, we, we need time, we need planning, and we need resources. And it's not just a project in a point in time. Um, the, the, the quote, cybersecurity is not a destination, it's an underlying journey, that it never ends. And it's uh, you know similar to the underlying uh, elements of where we're trying to build capability within our organization. Businesses are trying to grow over time, uh, and ultimately that's a journey, not necessarily a destination to growth, but continued growth and success uh, in terms of providing product and service. So we're following that growth. We're following that uh, dynamic environment. But we need to look at uh, an element of continuous uh, cybersecurity. So this could be continuous monitoring, uh, continuous awareness, continuous threat assessment and threat modeling as we see the environment change. So when we mentioned this, you know, one of the scaling pieces there is adversaries change tactics, and we need to dynamically um, update 
our current infrastructure to manage those particular elements. So we have updates to our systems. We, you know, we patch. We have um, signature-based or detection-based um, downloads and upgrades to our infrastructure that then allow us to uh, monitor and understand the types of attacks that we could face. Uh, and again, that has some elements of uh, context with respect to the data and assets that we're trying to protect within our organization. So we really want to embrace, and the effectiveness here is looking at maturation of these programs very quickly. Uh, in some cases, there's not, um, not a defined path that any one organization should take. But representatively, the, the CIS controls, and obviously uh, as an implementer uh, of those controls, the uh, implementation guidance framework through levels one through three are very useful in order to understand and mitigate um, really risk at scale utilizing those particular controls. So it's not the entire framework, but it's specific elements that have been chosen by experts to say doing these things first get you to um, an ability to not only have good security, but my adage that good security equals compliance, that's the byproduct of good security. That then al allows us to meet and scale programs effectively. So as we see um, and addressing this risk at scale, um, it's that one being proactive, it's understanding uh, and building a, a, a secure, aware culture within the organization. It's looking at continuous elements in security, building automation, understanding risk, and really then trying to think about how we integrate those programs together. Now, one of the things for scaling as well is the maturation of the integration of um, defense in depth. So I'll give a couple of examples. So we have endpoint detection. We have uh, application where we're patching and we're building network capability. And we also have cloud um, instances. What we should be doing there is those are not independent, but all part of an integrated cybersecurity program. Um, how are we managing? And you, you'll, again, another adage is that single pane of glass where I can see all of this telemetry. I can make sense of this information and build knowledge of my network, baselining the network, um, baselining the usage of these assets, and ultimately getting to a point where we can um, understand those, but then integrate automation where we see deviations uh, from the baseline. So we're looking and understanding about weaknesses, we're understanding business process, and that takes time. It takes time and effort in order to make that uh, integration occur. But we also need to scale the integration of all of these systems into a single uh, element of security control. So when you then think of, okay, Sean, you just made that sound easy. You know, a couple sentences and you're now trying to integrate all of the, my environment into a single pane of glass that, that builds in automation that can dynamically assess, be updated. And as long as we're threat aware and we have a good security culture, uh, we're good to go. Now, one of the pain points that's added and that really prevents organizations from scaling effectively is the element of work. So there's underlying issues internally and externally that are going to um, be pain points that we need to assess. So we're thinking about either lack of resources in the space, so we may be scaling business, but 
underlying our um, internal expertise and capabilities not scaling at the same pace as the business, that could be a problem. Um, we may have uh, leadership's understanding of the underlying problem that we're trying to make them aware of. In some cases, external audit can help be a catalyst to um, for informing in that space. But it may be leadership is not on the same page as where you want to integrate all of these um, systems into a single pane of glass utilizing uh, SIM capability, security, incident, and event management. Um, great. Um, but without having um, a plan in place that's approved and understood at leadership levels, that may mean the budget's not available, that your plan is not accepted as a strategic opportunity for the organization, but seen as a detriment because costs spent on security is not necessarily revenue generation, it's revenue protection. But that may not be understood at some elements within the organization. And again, I think as um, you know, we see the world changing and we, we see highlights of uh, security awareness through incidents of uh, obviously large multinational organizations, it helps at the point, right? We don't want to be, and uh, again, another adage on the front page of the New York Times, because we didn't do things the right way. And in some cases, you know, our external compliance frameworks and our attestations with SOC 2 and our certifications with ISO uh, may in some cases provide um, more confidence, more trust. That's good, but that's a point in time. We need to be continuously embracing the approach uh, and not just relying on um, being good for one day. It's 24 by 7. We need to be good all the time, and that's why it's not compliance, it's security, and then ultimately you have your byproduct there. So as we incorporate asset discovery, we automate security uh, testing and monitoring and even response in some cases uh, to where we see deviations. It takes just a lot of time to be able to do that. It creates more work um, necessarily, but it is obviously in the long run saving time, but there is an upfront cost in terms of resources putting this together. Now, do we hire those um, personnel internally? Or is that consultant work? Again, are we scaling our internal program? Are we augmenting it with uh, external capability to get us to a point where our current team can scale their knowledge to be able to representatively um, integrate uh, this capability into their business practice, which is cybersecurity, monitoring, control, and things of that nature? We do get into another element of scale. And this may be a, another little twist, but it's the scale of our cybersecurity environments. And what I mean by that is where we live externally, there are a lot of different support and products that we can integrate into our program. And the um, basically the landscape of product is huge. And it really goes that there's more tooling um, there is the element of greater capability with new tools and also that there's even more advice coming out. There are more people versed and expert have expertise in the space um, that provide advice, um, you know, similar to what we're doing here with the podcast, similar to what we do with a lot of the work um, that CIS is uh, based on our mission. This is our objective is to advise, is to provide best practice and guidance. But there's a lot of that. 
And it gets to a, a term, Tony, Tony Sega, co-host of the show, uh, security evangelist for CIS, talks about the fog of more. And it's just a great term. I mean, I've, I've written about it. I, I state it whenever I can. It's just something um, that really represents the fact that we've got a lot of decisions to make and making the right decision at a point in time where there's there could be future capability that's even more advanced. You know, we're going through now the SIM saw, um, so sec- security orchestration, automation, and response that builds in uh, other elements of automation to responding to uh, the baselines, as I mentioned previously. But having to think of through all of that and integrate that into your plan is a very difficult uh, approach. Is who do we work with? Who's trusted? Um, are they going to work well with all my other security product? And it's not about building a catalog of product. It's about setting a security plan in place and having product be contributive to that, not taking away from the plan and not being elements to, um, and again, the, the other adage is the silver bullet. There is not one uh, for cybersecurity. You know, there are multiple tools that you're going to have to use in order to create defense in depth and a comprehensive program that integrates zero trust elements, identity, network, data management, um, network control, endpoint control, mobile control, things of this nature. There are a number and they all have to work together. And so, as I mentioned, okay, so we've got different layers of defense in depth with different product tool and capability, integrate that all into a single place where they may not necessarily um, work or integrate nicely together in order to represent a point in time or a, a, a single pane of glass of your security posture. Uh, and again, I use that adage quite loosely with the single pane of glass. But it's with all of that, the scaling of the industry has also, it's not necessarily scaling um, our security. It's more decisions that we have to take more time to think about and make a decision and plan for that maybe takes away from security being integrated uh, at a faster pace or scale for an organization. So again, that could be the growing pains of as an organization grows and the maturity of the security program is then integrated to that growth that there are different products and services and different attack methodologies that you need to protect. And there may be gaps within your defense and depth approach that need to be um, necessarily sealed so that it doesn't become um, a method of infiltration or exfiltration to an organization. So some pain points there um, that we need to think about. So one, we build uh, and we remove those pain points with, really best practice, uh, as mentioned, following hygienic approaches. And then we look at um, implementation and aligning those best practices as as we scale. That allows us um, organic growth, and it also allows us to then be proactive and understand that growth and where we see potential issues or risks occur that we need to uh, complement with a security capability. And really, we look and uh, apply the CIS critical security control, CIS benchmarks to our underlying assets and capabilities, and how we can then integrate and manage that appropriately through products such as our uh, Secure Suite um, program that we have as part of membership and is free to SLTTs. So as we do this now, it then, as we 
try to alleviate those pain points. We want to look at those best practices and how they help scaling both cybersecurity as well as with these multiple compliance frameworks. So we've looked at the detriment, but we're looking now at seeing how can we utilize this um, to really help an organization um, build a capability and and exist in this space. It's a very competitive space, uh, both from the business growth but also from the adversary attack, that there's competitions wherever you look in terms of um, either uh, stopping our growth or looking at our data, either you could call that competitive intelligence or you could call it potential threats to an organization. It depends on which lens you look through. So when we think about these factors uh, and best practices, um, one of the things Tony will say um, Uh, And again, uh, just utilizing his evangelization and his knowledge is standardization, is the processes that's in place need to then focus on where where there's commonality. And then if we can um, make sure that we've got standardized approach to that that's common within our organization, we've built repeatability. We can now audit and have control and, and that can help scale a program based on all commonality. But you're going to have one-offs. You're going to have things that may be special, maybe exceptions to that process. We need to understand those and have necessarily uh, control over those as well. So it helps us uh, in that space. So we have that commonality, and then we're looking at integrating and focusing on industry standards that should really help and be a proponent of us uh, in this win-win situation of we're growing as an organization, but we also need to invest in this posture. And we can do this utilizing the information. Again, there is a lot, that fog of more. But again, if we're following a standard practice and we're following approaches that we know are trusted and understood and one that are communicated with an element of trust behind them, that helps us get to a particular point where we can move forward. So we start and we standardize. We're looking at repeatability of processes. We're looking at integration. And one of the things that you've got to be very careful of is you can't do all this at once, right? It's not a switch. It takes um, a, a lot of time in terms of integrating. So this is where your risk awareness comes in. What do we need to protect first? What is most sensitive? Where should the control be uh, within this business process? And so that's planning. That's a phased approach. That's utilizing implementation groups from the CIS critical security controls to then help uh, delineate what controls and where they should be is going to be contextualized by your business and the business practice. Okay. So as we do that, it's... um, one of the other elements as well is that the scale, and I you know, mentioned that there's alignment to technology and local control, so um, internal management of the systems, but it's not just that, right? There, there is an underlying element where multiple compliance frameworks require us to prove that we're doing the right things. And so if we integrate this correctly and we focus with a risk-aware approach to planning, it allows us to conceptualize that we've done the right thing in the right place. Okay. Now, whether again, there's, you know, PCI compliance or in the healthcare uh, industry, uh, vertical uh, HIPAA and other, you know, elements of uh, compliance and control that are required or mandated that allows us to then 
uh, integrate controls. And again, I mentioned that there is cross-mapping. A lot of these compliance frameworks have cross-mappings to other frameworks. You may have implemented uh, these particular controls. In our case uh, at CIS was the CIS critical security controls. Uh, and now we're moving into this particular arena, SOC 2, Type 2. Okay, so where do we see um, cross-mapping to those? What have we already done in that space with good security practice in order to then um, show our conformance to the underlying framework? Doing that um, allows us to implement once, but prove to many. Uh, again, another adage uh, from Tony is that we're... We don't have to keep repeating these same processes. We want to do it once and move on to the next and make sure that control is effective. Yes, continuous, right? That was another element of what we're doing here. We're continuously auditing. We're continuously monitoring. We're looking at continued effectiveness of the particular control in context of the scaling of both the business and the business practices. We do that. It allows us then to focus on other parts of our plan when we're phasing in capability to the organization. And some phases are going to be easier compared to others. In a lot of cases, you know, the journey starts with that first step and taking that first step may be very hard. But as you take more steps and you start to build maturity, you'll see there's integrations between a control and a respective um, control that may be further down the line in terms of your plan. Again, contextualized for the business. So when we then want to do this, we're layering security to scale um, cybersecurity programs to looking at preparing for the worst. You know, we'll prepare for the worst and hope for the best with understanding the threat landscape, our own internal uh, complexities, and uh, the most important elements of our program, those where we, uh, where we start first. And then we implement phased control approaches. Now, we can utilize and understand um, the layered approach um, to representatively understand at what point within um, really a, a, a cyber kill chain will we want to uh, have capability and mitigate respective attack uh, and targets. So we do that again using a planned approach. We're threat aware, but we're also contextually aware of what's most important to our organization. So criticality analysis comes into play. We understand our critical systems. We understand those systems that support those systems as an internal supply chain, as it were, um, to make sure that we're protecting kind of across an infrastructure, across a, an ecosystem within our business to then make sure that um, we're building assurances, not only to ourselves, but to our customers, to our partners, to our members, to making sure that they're protected. You know, ultimately, it's their influence, it's their need uh, for protection and our responsibility to protect uh, that really drives us in this space. So we look at being aware. And so we've got a few uh, elements here that I'll conclude with. So we want the prioritization to be on business contexts, uh, context, risk aware, contextually aware from a critical perspective, and then aware of our external environment. What do we need to practice in order to prove uh, a capability in a particular space? May seem difficult that this is not a, uh, in, in some cases, if you're starting out fresh with this, or scaling is requiring you to reconceptualize your approach to security that you've never done before. Um, again, that first step it may be hard to take, but you have to take it. 
ultimately it's this journey that we're on, right? It's not the destination, but it's taking that first step through this journey. There are resources, there are practices there to help you. Um, again, CIS being one of them that can help you get that first step and be confident in the first step that you're taking is in the right direction on this particular journey. That first step in the wrong direction is just going to be detrimental to uh, one, motivation, two, the internal resources required, and then ultimately confidence, both internally and externally, that uh, that the right direction is being taken with the particular element of scaling, but response to that scaling is most important. And so I'll conclude there for today. Um, I recommend, uh, please subscribe to the podcast. Uh, make sure that you don't miss a single episode. And with that, thank you very much. Uh, I'm Sean Atkinson. Talk to you soon. To help you scale your cybersecurity program, the Center for Internet Security is offering up to 20% off CIS Secure Suite membership. CIS Secure Suite offers the tools and resources you need to maximize your cybersecurity team's time and resources so that you can focus on growing your business well into the future. To learn more, visit www.cisecurity.org.